Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel, mm-hmm. and sitting across from me is fucking interrupting Cal. Mike Sutherland. Mike Sutherland. Mike. Mike. Yeah. All right. Welcome to uh, our Den of Thieves episode. We're going to talk about that fine piece of. Uh, what the fuck's that guy's name? Film. That yeah. fine piece of Christian Gudegast uh, made art, if you will. And then, I don't know, will we talk about anything else? Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about uh, uh, Ant-Man. Oh, we're going to do that on this one? Okay. Yeah, might as well. Okay. And yeah. then um, uh, Bad Boys 3. Oh, yeah. <coughs> and the Dundee thing. Okay. And, the yeah, there's um, also, I forgot to mention a couple, a quick Spielberg thing, too, from last week. Okay. That I, we didn't get to. So, so we'll do that. Said so, uh, Dundee and what was the other thing? Ant Man, Bad Boys Three. There it is. There Steven it is. Spielberg. All right. All right. Cool. All that and more. Take it away, Johnny. All right. So, Den of Thieves. Nick O'Brien. <laughs> Nick O'Brien. Nick. Nico. Nickelback. Nick O'Brien. Nick O'Brien is the hard drinking leader of the Regulators. Regulators. An elite unit of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Ray Merriman is the recently paroled leader of the Outlaws, a gang of ex-military men who use their expertise and tactical skills to evade the law. O'Brien, Merriman, and their crews soon find themselves on a direct collision course as the criminals hatch an elaborate plan for a seemingly impossible heist, the city's Federal Reserve Bank. Take it away. Anybody moves, you shoot. You understand? <laughs> I'm a different animal here, boys. Attention. This is yours. Most important thing, keep your finger off the trigger at all times, unless you need to shoot somebody. When that happens. 3170, we're being held up. Hold it until you run dry. We're under heavy fire. Keep your eyes open. Every cop in the country is going to be looking for us. Nick, original gangster cop in the flesh. What's your tally? Four dead, six on the way to the hospital. I tell you, he's a bad guy. We're gonna make you a deal. Give me the names of all the guys who got away. I'll get your medic. Ain't no snitch. Yo. He's done, son. See, they cut that part out. Yeah, they did. He's that fucker was already dead. Get to know your enemy, boys. Every big time crew has been busted. These are the guys who took him down. Gangbangers, these are not. Whoever it is, they're addicted to heists. Anybody moves, you shoot them. You understand? Sooner or later, they'll need their fix. You could. Yeah, man. We'll do it. Save the plans. We're trading up. The Federal Reserve. It's like Fort Knox. At any one time, there's anywhere between 500 and 800 billion dollars in there. Every millimeter of it covered by cameras, sensors, and motion detectors. Stand across the street and stare at the building for two minutes. You have security on your ass. Only bank that's never been robbed. That's why we're gonna rob it. Every time I'm in the street, I hear ya, 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 ya. We gotta move. Do you know what this means? It means I am a member of a gang. Only we have badges, which means you are done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you look like the types who arrest you? No one could that see that. Put you in handcuffs, drag you down to the station. We 
just shoot you. You're not the bad guys. We are. Same like the whole city against me. Gerard Butler is a good actor. He is just one of those fuckers that are cursed to keep picking shitty scripts over and over again. Yep. Okay. Because when you give him decent material, he fucking excels with it. Uh, this movie is an example of that. His material, for the most part, very, very good. And he he runs this entire film. I don't give a fuck about the twist and who was really running shit. I don't None of that bullshit. Butler ran this fucking movie. Uh, I'm going to say this. I don't give a fuck how many critics say it. I'm going to say it as well because... Uh, even when we saw the trailers before I even saw this film, I already saw the influences from Michael Mann's Heat from 1995. And after watching this movie, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here. I had I haven't seen Heat in like five years or more until today. I watched it today on purpose. But uh, uh, before that, yeah, long time since I've seen it. But I've seen that movie enough times that I remember a lot of shit, a lot of mannerisms of characters and moments. And there are moments in this fucking movie that straight up take from Michael Mann's Heat. And there's even like camera shots, cinematography shots, and and things that are very um, evocative of uh, of heat. And I, look, I understand when you make something. Sometimes if you have to imitate, you imitate from the best, right? And fucking heat's like one of the best crime dramas ever made. So I get it. And I, I didn't have a problem with with a lot of the, the 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 same rhythms as heat, but it tries to be heat and. When it's all said and done, and then it, but, but then it does, it makes fatal mistakes. And one of those big ones is adding that stupid twist, that completely and totally unnecessary twist at the end. Okay, that was unnecessary. I, I already said it, but yeah. I, I, I mean it. Say that, it one more time to make it true. It's very, very unnecessary. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, th- there's that. There's, there's. Look, if you go back, and I'm look, I, I have to keep comparing this to Michael Mann's Heat. Okay, and if you go back to Heat, you see how there's this balance between getting you into these characters before all the shit, most of the shit goes down. You know, you have uh, half of uh, of uh, De Niro's crew. You get to into their characters, and you're in. And then it also there's just little things here and there with Al Pacino and his group of uh, homicide detectives. Everyone gets something to say. Everyone has a moment here and there. And some kind, something impactful to say. Except for the guy, the, there's a blonde guy on Pacino's crew that really only just gets his arm shot and he fucking talks on the phone once and that's it. But otherwise, Wes Studi and McKelty Williamson, you know, Bubba Gump, uh-huh. um, they get plenty of dialogue and time in their moment in front of the camera. You remember those characters with Al Pacino. Uh, oh, and Ted Levine. Oh, holy fuck. He's, he's, he's a great fucking backup guy. Right. And... And then you go, you know, and you go back to the other crew. You know, you, Tom Sizemore gets some moments. Al Pacino, or uh, De Niro, of course, because he's the main guy. But Val Kilmer gets it. You get shit with his, you know, his wife, you know, played by Ashley Judd. Which this movie was right before she had that shit with fucking, uh, uh, you know, we- Weinstein, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so things like that. It's um, But you got into these characters. Even when they brought in Dennis Haysbert's character, you know, for his little parts where he ends up becoming the driver during the main shootout at the, near the end of the film. It, you know, you, they, they just did little things that made you get into these characters, whether it be the way the camera goes or how long the, the, the or, I'm sorry, how long the music goes or, or how long the camera fa- focuses on their faces um, or, or just, you know, whatever else they did. But Michael Mann knew how to get you into these characters so that you cared about them. One way or another, 
you were emotionally invested in his characters. And so when things happen to them, you feel it. And that's what makes he brilliant. But when it comes to this movie, Den of Thieves, I don't, they, they, it was, it felt false when it came to trying to get you into these characters. Did I get into the movie? Yes. I, I, the movie entertains me and I, and it's well put together as a film, as an action film, but, but on a Michael Mann level, no, this, I don't care about these characters. The only one I cared about a little bit was Gerard Butler's character because of how fucking amazing he, he, he portrayed the guy, you know, larger than life. Right. But you know, when it comes to, you know, comes to Pablo Schreiber who does a decent job, all these guys act fine. It's just, there's no meat for their characters. And like you said, like you fucking said, when the movie ended in the theater, that scene between all of them where it was pretty much like Bad Boys 2, right, with Martin Lawrence and, and, uh, and uh, Will Smith when, they, when, they, when, the, when Martin's daughter's going out with this guy and they fuck with him in the front door. Yeah. You know, it was like, but it was like this like on a larger scale, right? Right. And it, the, the whole, I mean, look, if they had written this movie better, that scene would have fit better than it does because that's a really good scene i really like that scene but what you said was that this that move that scene was completely pointless well yeah there was two scenes that were actually kind of completely pointless the twist at the it. end <laughs> well we'll get to that but <clears throat> that scene in particular where we meet 50 cent his wife daughter and daughter and she's going out to prom or homecoming or or whatever's going on yeah. right and th- that was that was a completely wasted scene the other scene was the Gerard Butler coming home scene. You know, that was also pointless. Yeah, because by the time you get to the rest of the movie, besides the time, one time he visits that house and then she's there. Right. Right. Which also does a scene from fucking Heat. Um, it's uh, it's like that was it. There's nothing when the movie ends. It's like, oh, we just threw this twist in. Right. Uh huh. And then that that takes up everything. You don't need to know anything else. It was like, well, why did I have to see anything about this fucking this divorce and all this stuff if if you're not going to follow through with it? He never talks to his wife again after that. No, he does. He goes over to wherever she's at, like her sister's house or brother's house or whatever. That's what I mean. And there's just that where he's like, like you know, he's like confrontational and he's you know being the alpha male, right? Right. But then that's it. I don't think there's anything else that happens with her after that. No, there isn't. And it's like, what, what was the fucking... I mean, he goes and sees the kids. That's about it. Yeah. He sees his daughter at school, and you know, he goes into the car, and he cries. And that works. I mean, you can feel his emotion. He, he sold it. He sold it big time. But uh, it, it just, yeah. It's it, not worth it. No, yeah. It's like, dude, it, 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 it tried to do all these things to, to, to live up to the hype of, of, of its predecessor, and it can't fucking do it. it. It's incomplete. Every time they try, it's incomplete. Even the action scenes. The action scenes are good, and, they're, and I, there's a lot of really cool fucking camera. Like we're right when the movie starts, and the camera's in the sky, and it slow—it looks like it's on a drone, right? Uh-huh. And it just slowly goes into there, and then it goes into the truck that they're driving, right? And it worked. It worked really good. There was a lot of good camera angles in this movie, but you know the action still didn't have that impact where when you're watching Heat, which is you know you're like on the edge of your seat, like watching it. You know, I, look. And I'll, I'll, let me state this real quick, and I'll, I'll quit talking about Heat, <laughs> is Heat is one of those movies that even though I've seen it dozens of times in the 23 years it's been out, I'm still, there are moments where these characters in this film make choices that you know are going to take them to their, their their destiny, their fate, right? And there's nothing you can do about it. But the movie's so well good, and it's so well done, and it, you're so invested in these characters that even when you know they're about to make that choice no matter what, the movie's not going to change, you still want them to. You still want them to make that other decision so that they don't die because you're invested in these characters. Okay, same thing happened with me today when I watched the movie. Fucking, I'm still just like, dude, 
don't go after Wayne Grow. Don't fucking do it, man. Or, you know, don't take this deal because this is what's going to happen. Don't get in this fucking car. Don't, you know, like, and you, but they're still going to do it, but you still don't want them to. And that's, this movie doesn't do that. I don't give a fuck. Well, by the time every single person in this movie dies that dies, you know, which is half of the, the main cast, right? I didn't give a fuck about any of them. I didn't give a fuck when 50 Cent bought it, okay? I, I didn't, I didn't, even when pa- Pablo Schreiber, the main character, the main, you know, bad guy, it didn't matter with him either. It was, it was a fucking, it was pointless. There's no, there was no, you know, it just didn't have it, dude. It, it tries but fails. It's that simple. Yeah, that's, that's perfectly, that perfectly sums up everything that needs to be said. Um, Den of Thieves is a movie that, um, I mean, Gerard Butler carries this movie. And again, there are scenes in there that, what was I going to say? I was, um, this movie didn't need all these, cutaway scenes and I'll, I'll explain the cutaway scenes here um, the first one we already talked about which is Gerard Butler and Don Oliveri that, that yeah. his the, his wife yeah didn't need that um, it could have been simply uh, phone calls or whatever right and then he drives up to the house and she's already gone yeah type of thing um, the whole thing between 50 Cent and his daughter yeah uh, unneeded and then um, the scene in the uh, the um, Benny Hanna or whatever type of restaurant when Butler starts fucking with him, yeah, completely useless. Didn't need it. Um, that sounded that that seemed really counterproductive to what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're sheriffs and and they're on to it, but like it's trying to one up heat in a way. Like, right. Like if you had, goddamn, here I go again. It's like you going back to Star Wars for shit. <laughs> it, it, it it's like. When you had, uh, you know, Pacino's and his crew fucking, they're in their own way harassing, you know, uh, fucking De Niro and his crew, right? The, you know, there's a part where Pacino's just like, I'm done fucking just, you know, following this guy. I'm going to go ask him for some coffee, right? And they, all, they have coffee and they have this thing between each other, right? And then that works. But then this movie tries to one-up it by doing that fucking, that baiting shit right. that, 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 that Butler was doing in the... Uh, <coughs> In the, in the the restaurant, right? Yeah, I mean, um, those movies serve nothing to this movie. Yeah, it doesn't serve anything to the plot of the movie, and it would have been better to serve the plot of the movie by excising those scenes and building the characters between because you have Merriman and you have Butler's character, right? Yeah, yeah, Pablo Schreiber's character. You have, yeah, yeah, Pablo's character, and you have. You have Butler's character, black and white. Yeah, there's even a scene where they're talking about the cops are talking about Schreiber's character, and they, you know, they talk about how like he was in, you know, in the war, right? And then they say, "What the fuck happened to him?" Okay, well, what the fuck happened to him? Because we don't know. Yeah, and and that that would have been a little bit better to talk about, you know, or you cut to you know uh, the character Pablo's character Merriman, and he doesn't really talk, but he it, it could be just a. A scene you could have even actually just started the movie with the reason why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, right. And that that sets off the whole thing again. You talk about heist. I talk or the heat. I'm sorry, not heist. <laughs> heat. And I and I and I do the Star Wars thing. But the Star Wars thing proves time and again, yeah. which is you introduce the character. You know, and and then in Star Wars, they introduce Leia and Darth Vader. Yeah, right. So you introduce the character, you get some information, and then you go on to the next character, right? Yeah. 
which is, but you have to bridge that gap, which in Star Wars case yeah. is three PO and R two going to Luke. But you bridge that gap by doing the O'Shea Jackson thing, yeah. Where and then Gerard, or, or you, I'm sorry, you bridge that gap by going directly to the stakeout at at the donut shop, yeah. Right, and then and then Gerard Butler comes in. So already in, you're already half hour, forty five minutes into the movie. Where you've already introduced the Merriman character, right? Yeah. And all of his crew. And you bridge that by having them do the shakedown at the donut place to get the armored car. Yeah. And then you bridge that by having Gerard Butler show up, you know, shortly thereafter. And then you continue the movie on, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and, and that right there gives you a good idea of what's going on with the Merriman character. And why he's doing what he's doing, and then you have a good idea of the Gerard Butler. You have a you have an understanding. You have a beginning of where the Gerard Butler character is coming from because yeah. we've already established that he's he's you know the gang leader of the sheriff's department, yeah. right? The big bad guy, right? Yeah. Big Nick O'Brien. When I when I um, put on a movie for me and my kids to watch, like like today when I put on Heat for me and my daughter to watch, I. I, I, I'll do this thing where, like, certain movies I love, right, where I, I'll pause and I'll explain a part and I'll explain the brilliance of this scene. I would and fucking punch you in the neck. I don't, I don't do it throughout the whole film. I just I do it a couple times and just to, to iterate, like, why this is, you know, what, what's the big deal about this and, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I, I, one of the things I, sh- I told her was the reason why this movie is so good is it doesn't need to tell you everything by having people say it. You can see it in their actions, it, how they do things and it'll do it'll be something really quick and then it moves on to another scene and you're already establishing all these characters and you're getting into their heads already when the movie just fucking started you know I'll, I'll give you an example okay when the movie first starts off and it's got Al Pacino uh, making love with his wife in the bed and then you can tell how intimate and into each other they are because Michael Mann likes to focus on that kind of thing and when they're done you know she feels good he feels good but now he's ready to go to fucking work and it shows her take fucking pills for something. You don't know what it is, but there you go. She's, she's taking, you know, medication. And she invites him. You know, she says, hey, I'll make some coffee for us and everything. He goes, no, I got to go. Got to go. And he's fucking out. And you can see the look on her face and how, like, the farther away he gets from her, the quicker he runs away. And things like that. And then also when De Niro goes home to his place and his place is completely empty. There's just a bed. There's a chair. There's like four plates in the, in the cabinet, you know, it's completely empty. And that shows what kind of a person he is, you know, that he never, he doesn't settle down. He keeps moving around and stuff. And, you know, he doesn't, you know, all that, it, it just, all these little things. <coughs> this movie does in Den of Thieves doesn't do that. Den of Thieves doesn't have those subtle little things that tell you about the, these people's lives, you know, Instead, it just it just tries to hammer it home with with loud talk, you know. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's also part of the failure. It's you know alpha male versus alpha male dick swinging bullshit. Yeah, and you don't have you know like um who's the who's the black guy on um oh. on, his, on the crew? Yeah, yeah, I I don't um I I I don't even remember his name. Okay, all I know is he was the only one out of uh, all of uh. Uh, pretty much out of Butler's crew that fucking even had any dialogue, had any you know moments of his own, right? Otherwise, everyone else was completely like when one of his team died during that end, that shootout at the end. I don't even remember. I don't even know which guy got fucking shot. It didn't even fucking matter, right? I, I don't. I don't remember because I, I went through a lot of these names. Mo and, McRae. 
Yeah, it could be the right age. Yeah, that's him. Yep. <coughs> the guy that plays Mo McRae. Yeah. All of all of the scenes that he's in conveyed all of that that subtle emotion and calm down and you know like yeah you're right everything right. that he did like when they're sitting in the car at the savings and loan um as as uh, merriman take and, and his band take hostages at the at the savings and loan yeah. and they're doing it on purpose to do something um they're doing it on purpose to to gain access to the tunnels that lead to the federal reserve yeah it was fucking funny dude. and he's sitting in the car and he's like what the shit is going on basically <laughs> yeah and and all of his all of his scenes were excellent you know he didn't overhype it he didn't monologue to death yeah. you know he he like, was you know who the fuck we are yeah he was he, <laughs> he was fucking he he was great because he was a straight man well it wasn't just that he was a straight man he played it real yeah you know like this is how it's going to be um this is how the character is yeah there was some real in this movie that that's what makes this movie even more disappointing to me is though I'm going to give it a decent rating but it but it's failures like cuz it shows promise it shows promise here it shows promise there right but overall it, it, like once that movie gets to the final mark you're like fuck dude you had me at a certain level and you just fucking skydived it you know it, fuck yeah i mean you know ice cube junior he he was okay in the movie. He wasn't bad. No, he wasn't bad. You know, he played. But I don't I don't buy his. I, I don't buy the bullshit that he knows the Federal Reserve inside and out, where he got all the stuff, and that you know he works in a bar that happens to cater to all these people who talk and talk and talk and talk. Right. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't buy, and it's not that I don't buy his character. I'm sorry. I don't buy the plot. The plot at all. It's fucking horrible. It's absolutely fucking horrible. Like, how do you make it look like Pablo Schreiber's character Merriman is the leader of that fucking band? He's the shot caller and all that stuff, right? You know, he's the one that makes up all the plans. He makes the plans, right? And and then all of a sudden, oh wait, dude, we were just fucking with you. Right. We're just fucking with you. Now we're going to show you. Now it does a Wild Things thing. Look, when you watch Wild Things and it shows all these things that were like, oh, fuck, right? It worked with that movie. But with this movie, it was like it was like slapping you in the face. It was like saying, uh, we tricked you. Uh, yeah. You no, know, you, you, you fucking, you, you didn't trick me. You pulled the rug out from under me and not in a good way. Right. You know, <laughs> I didn't land in a fucking. Yeah, I mean, part of the plot is. Putting you some know, bathtub. The, the Federal Reserve Bank. You know, has has brownouts continuously in downtown Los Angeles because of the amount of power that it it harnesses, which yeah. is bullshit. I mean, if they had that many, if, that, if there was that many problems with the Federal Reserve Bank, they would set up another power grid for it. Well, not only that, they it. may they may you know uh, put solar panels on there, mm-hmm. you know, so that when when and if a brownout does happen, yeah. you know, you set up solar panels all around the other buildings, or or you know, regardless. Bullshit. I call bullshit on that one. And then for him <laughs> to crawl through the ducting, you know, that's perfectly his size. And he doesn't get filthy. Yeah. And then uh, on, well, on top of that, I mean, they have to clean those things. Apparently he doesn't know what a TV dinner feels like. Yeah. And then, and then he was able to get his way back to the, um, cafeteria. Not, yeah. The, well, yeah. The, the, the bathroom. Yeah. You know, which is just convenient. <laughs> And then he's able to walk out with the food that would stink to high heaven because it's rotten. Yeah. You know, and then he walks out the front door saying, oh, well, they didn't want, you know, I signed in, but, you know, it was a change of guard and blah, blah, blah. Well, you didn't come in, dude. Yeah. No, you didn't. 
because we have fucking videotape. Yeah. You know? Because the brownout only lasted for X amount of time. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's that, yeah, that whole thing was uh, wonky. You know? Yeah. It got lazy. It was like it had it had a good idea of certain moments here and there, but overall it, it, it blew it. Right. You know, you know and, and that was the other thing I didn't get to talk about, which is, um, or I forgot to, um, when one of the cameras goes down, right, it yeah. just happens to go down because he has this EMP or, or this thing that's interrupting the signal of the camera. Yeah. But one out of all of them, no, I mean, you, you, the cameras don't go, don't do don't that. do like Christmas tree lights? What? Like Christmas tree lights. If one goes out, a bunch goes out? No. No, they're independent. Well, no, I think they are now. I'm talking about you know like classic, old shit. Like this isn't classic old shit. I, I, I use it as an example. No, no, because it's high tech, state of the art. All right. So w- when you have high tech, state of the art fucking equipment, it it it's just not going to go on the fritz like that. It's just not the monitor's not going to go buzzy buzzy like it does, you know, from the 1980s when a fucking airplane flies over because it's uh, the signal's bouncing off the undercarriage of the plane. Mm. You know. What's going to happen is is that people are immediately going to walk over to that fucking camera in the room, and then they're going to diagnose it and find out what's going on. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, it stops doing it, and then the brownout goes away, you know, magically. So I, I I don't I don't buy into any of that. You know, I don't buy into the fact that they didn't have heat sensors. It's it's a fucking, you know, it's a Federal Reserve Bank. Yeah. You know, or pressure plates or whatever else. So they turn off the pressure plates. You know, the brownout would do that. But would the brownout fucking kill off all the heat sensors? Mm, possibly. Um, but when they come back on or when the emergency generator kicks back on, those things would kick. You, know, you would hear them power up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the temperature starts to rise to uncanny levels because there's an extra body in there generating 98.6, you know, gigawatts. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts, but 98.6 degrees of temperature, you know, and then he's sweating on top of that, and there's movement. Yeah. I, I, none of it fucking makes any sense. Yeah, it's lazy. It's lazy. I Because I, it turns out just to be another heist knockoff. Yeah. But it has promise. Like, I, I recommend seeing this movie. I do. It, it's worth seeing. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't think it's worth paying... I'm glad I, I'm kind of glad I used my free ticket for it, but you should have waited. Well, in another month or so, or a month and a half, or whatever, another one will pop up because I don't I don't spend the, the the points on anything else. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to eat two buckets of fucking popcorn anymore in the theater, and and uh, I'm not, I don't drink soda. I don't drink regular soda. So, um, I yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'll just save it for the ticket because I'm not buying right. another fucking posters or anything that they're like. Oh yeah, fifty thousand points. Well, fuck! How many movies do I got to go see for that? Yeah. Oh, thirty movies. I go see thirty movies, and now I can get a free poster. Ooh. Thank you so much. Real rewards. Yeah. I don't complain. They want to get the free movie ticket. <laughs> yeah, the free movie ticket works. Yeah. But uh, you know, other than that, look, um, I wanted to also add that Evan Jones, who plays Bosco. Yeah. I I can't stand his head. Yeah. He's he, a gigantic. He, he looks like a caveman. Fucking, he looks like a modern day caveman. Yeah. He has a, he has a gigantic. Head and like Bob, that's Cheddar Bob. Like if you look at look at his face yeah. and then like his face is all it's not <laughs> squinchy, but he he looks like Flea. And what they need to do, <laughs> they need to make a fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. movie with him as Flea. Okay, that's what I'm trying to get MC at. Bob. He also looks like the guy that was in um, RoboCop that got hit by the uh, the nuclear the toxic waste. Oh yes, yes. 
Help me. Yeah. He also looks like that guy. Get off me, man. Yep. <laughs> Not yet. Um, oh, <laughs> we killed you. Guess what Evan Jones's name was in the movie? Bosco. Yeah. I already told you that. Yeah. Guess what a name of one of the characters in Heat was? Ogsob. Fucking Bosco. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, he was... Uh, was he also bald and short and wore a hat sideways? I believe he was someone on Pacino's team. Yeah, he was so, Yeah, he was uh, one of the guys on Pacino's team. Oh. So... Um, Imagine it, yeah, that. Yeah. Come on, man. How many more How more on the fucking nose could it be, you know? So, <clears throat> anyway, uh, I, I, I don't think I have any more ad because I don't, I don't want to, you know, give away too much all of the fucking movie. But, it, well, kinda, we kind of did. But uh, otherwise, I don't... Yeah, I just... I give them. I would probably give the movie a six. Okay, that's where I'm flirting with. Yeah, yeah it's better than average, but <coughs> it failed. Yeah, it's it. I mean, we don't have a lot of movies that are good this month coming out anyway. So that was one of the movies that we yeah that's, delayed to put and push back. Yeah, and dude, until fucking uh, Black Panther gets here, we're gonna keep doing that because there ain't shit coming out. Yep. Before that, it's black. So we got. Two more movies before Black Panther, so uh, I Tanya, and then something else after that. So another catch-up movie, right? So I don't know what it'll be. So and you already told them what our next movie is going to be, so that's cool. I will, and then we'll talk about it again. Yep. So <laughs> no, you already did. That's cool. That's what I mean. All right. Um, oh, dude, uh, Den of Thieves has a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it, it kept going down. Like it started at like forty something. Yeah, and, I don't think it's that bad, but no. you know. No, it's not. A, it, it's but just, uh, IMDb. It's rated at like seventy-seven or seventy-five percent. It's kind of high. <laughs> and then, um, you know what I'd like to see? I would like yeah, to se- seven point three. I would like to see them do a sequel to this where and, it deals with Butler's character and none of this fucking over-the-top twist shit. And eighty-seven percent of Google users like the movie, and two point five out of four for Roger Ebert. So about sixty percent. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, like I said, I I think you should see it. I just don't think you should pay full pop to see it. Right. Yeah, go see it as a matinee. Yeah, but I I would like to see a sequel to this if they if you know you know Why? what they do. I like to see more of Butler's character, like like right. him and his crew doing their thing. Useless. But not the fucking no, nope. not that twist shit, not, not that unnecessary bullshit twist shit. No, nope. pass. We got shit to talk about anyways. Ant Man and the Wasp came out. Yeah, the, the tra- trailer came out. Yeah, and it looks like they moved up the release date, too, because I thought it was coming out near the end of the year. Now it's going to be in July. Um, they've moved a couple of things around, but anyways, here's the trailer. I just have one question. When Cap needed help, if I'd asked you, would you have come? I guess we'll never know. But if you had, you'd have never been caught. some dumb things and the people I love the most they pay the price thanks to you we had to run that's fucking cool <laughs> we're still running let's go <laughs> was that Larry I think that was Larry Lawrence first part uh huh some good use of fucking effects in this, man. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Like a partner. Hold on. You gave her wings? 
and blasters. So I take it you didn't have that tech available for me? No, I did. <laughs> That's awesome. Gigantic fucking Pez dispenser coming at you. <laughs> this movie looks really good. It does. Yeah, Marvel. Marvel strikes again. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, July 6th. That's when that's coming out. Um, yeah, it was supposed to come out in like fucking November, dude. I had, so then we're gonna to then to you know. I wonder if it's because of because I, I haven't seen Ant Man at all in the uh, in, in in the Infinity War trailer. Also, not in any mention of the film. So of what? Of Ant Man. Ant Man being in Infinity War at all. So oh, it'll be there. Yeah, I just I think that maybe they're they're moving the movie up closer to that soon after Infinity War for a reason, like because of the storylines. I don't I don't know I don't know. something like that. What was the other trailer we're gonna look at? Um, there you know I didn't see any other. Oh, there yeah no I just got news. I I, I didn't see any other trailers we're talking about. There's well there is one on Netflix called Mute that's coming out soon, and it still stars Alexander uh, Sarsgaard or Skarsgård. I always mix it up, but. Um, as a guy who can't speak and it's set in like a near Blade Runner type future. And he's got this girlfriend who disappears and he's got to go on a hunt looking for her. And it look it looks well fucking done. It looks really well done. No, we're going to watch the Dundee official trailer. The Dundee. Okay. How are these? No. I can deal with that. What is this? I wonder if this is even real. <laughs> that thing is gonna fucking attack me. You're disturbing my mind energies. You can't speak when I'm doing this, okay? It's gotta be super quiet, just a connection between me and the beast. Okay. Here we go. Please don't say anything when I do it this time, okay? Yep. <laughs> I, I could just sense that you're about to say something, and that's already trying to mess up all the brain energy stuff, okay? Okay, I just don't think he can see you from back here. Should we just go around, maybe? Whatever. Good day, losers. That's not a knife. That's a knife. Look at that. Look at me. Look at the knife play. <clears throat> yeah, it's all the trailers site because I've seen a couple of these. If what I, I heard that these aren't really, it's not really a movie. It's just a. Uh, advertising thing. Australian border tourism. Yo, where them kangaroos at? Brian Dundee? Yep. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Why do you keep saying really? No. This is the third trailer. Good day, losers. 
them kangaroos at? Brian Dundee? Yep. Really? Yeah. Really? Why do you keep saying really? <laughs> what do you mean Dundee's lost in the outback? He is the outback. Nobody talks about Mick like that. Careful with that knife, mate. It's pretty sharp. A knife? How big? What do you mean there's two of them? seen a humpback whale give birth it's a bloodbath speak to me little guy now, when your dad did it he was he was much okay and when my dad told me about this he was just like yeah i just came up and you did this okay? okay i just don't think he can see you from back here i don't just own this newspaper son i own this country and dundee's gonna learn who the most dangerous animal in australia is it's me whatever little song <laughs> my mom's side of the family are all jazz musicians so kind of comes natural to me okay this is just the repeat I, I who knows what the fuck's going on I with wonder this. what if it, they're just testing the waters just to see how much attention it gets, and if it garners enough, then then maybe they'll go forward and try to do some like new generation crocodile Dundee shit. That that that, that that'd be my theory on the whole thing. Because they kind of did that with Mortal Kombat Legacy, um, where they had all these uh, webisodes of it with some known actors. It was it's not bad. They even had uh, the first season come out on Blu-ray. Uh, I had it at Walmart. I bought it for like it was like eight bucks or something. It's actually if you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, it's not bad. Definitely taken more seriously than the 95 film. And, uh, film publications are suspecting that the trailer might be part of an advertising campaign, an elaborate ruse to sell Outback Steakhouse or Bud Light or Doritos or whatever. Turned out to be a promo for something better than a Dundee reboot and ad for Australia itself, as the Brisbane Times first reported the teaser is part of a viral marketing campaign for a tourism Australia ad set to air during the Super Bowl. Which brings me to this. When is Solo trailer coming out? I say with um, with Black Panther. Really? Uh-huh. I think it's coming out Super Bowl. Well, I mean, technically, I guess it could because, I mean, Super Bowl is what? On uh, Sunday is what, like the third or the, the second or the fourth? Uh, yeah, the fourth. Yeah. So, uh, dude, I I would say, yeah, probably with, you could be right. Could be with Super Bowl. But, I mean, dude, it's like fucking a million dollars a second. So, I mean, is Disney willing to fucking... Oh, wait. Is the Super Bowl on ABC this year? Uh, NBC. Oh, okay. See, then, yeah, then they're going to have to pay fucking, you know, over a million a second. So Stop, 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 stop. Not you, but... So, like, if they were going to do a... Because normally with the with Super Bowl trailers, the ones they show on TV are cut down to, like, 15 seconds or less because of how expensive they are. So if you're going to introduce the Han Solo film... You got to do 30 seconds, man, at least. You can't do fucking 15. 15 is like, what the fuck are you doing? But or you know what? You don't scratch that. Because if you do a teaser the right way, you could do 15 seconds. But I just, that's an odd way to, you know, bring it out, I think. 
But that's just, you know what? There's been plenty of uh, times where uh, the first trailer showing up with the Super Bowl, just like uh, the, the, the Hulk movie from 2003. That, um, the Super Bowl, uh, I think the Raiders Super Bowl was the first time they showed that trailer. For? For Thor. I mean, for, for, for Ang Lee's Hulk. When does the Maze Runner movie come out? It already came out. It came out last week. It took, top, oh. took the top spot. Yeah, if it had came out with the Maze Runner, we'd already know about it. Yeah. Star Wars junk claimed to have heard that the glimpse of a solo <laughs> Star Wars story trailer would drop on Wednesday before playing to the with the new dystopian movie. But it's already out, so... Suck it. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Super Bowl, and if not the Super Bowl, then definitely with Black Panther. Well, here's the thing. there are Disney has two spots on the Super Bowl. My guess is that one of those spots is going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not Black Panther because... You don't think it'll be Infinity War? Why would they do Infinity War? I think that that the Disney will either do Black Panther or Infinity War. They're not going to show a Black Panther trailer before. Um, they may show Black Panther, but they just dropped Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. And they don't have a trailer together for Infinity War. And that doesn't come out till when? Solo, I think, comes out in June. No, Infinity War. We were just May. talking about Infinity, Infinity War. Infinity War's in May. Beginning of May, I believe. Hmm. So, what if they do Infinity War and then drop the solo, um, the the solo trailer uh, during the the Winter Olympics? That'd be weird. Why? Because fuck the Olympics. <laughs> they did that with Rogue One two years ago. Okay, I, I'm not a fan of the Olympics, dude. I, I don't give a shit if you're a fan of the Olympics. It's a fucking, it's a it's a fucking hugely televised and watched event. Okay, so fucking PewDiePie has a shitload of subscribers. That has nothing to do with anything. The fact of the matter is, is that you want to get your trailer in front of as many people as possible. And if 21 million people are watching the opening ceremonies for the 2018 Winter Olympics, when are you going to drop a trailer? I put on a PewDiePie. Right. I'm going to put it on PewDiePie. <laughs> this is why you don't run a business. <laughs> so, and, you know, you, you do. And this is what I would do if I were Disney is I would drop I would drop the Infinity War trailer during the Olympics. I would drop the solo trailer during during um, the Super Bowl because that drives up more people to go see Star Wars The Last Jedi again one more time. I think they'll do Wrinkle in Time. They're not going to do a Wrinkle in Time. You heard me say it. So if it happens, you heard it here first. Nope. News Cop through one. No, because they've already been they've already been dropping the Wrinkle in Time trailer. They have two trailers out for Wrinkle in Time. That doesn't mean they do, they're not going to try to get it out even more. When does that movie come out? Comes out this summer. Okay. What are their two biggest movie releases this summer? Yeah, Infinity War and uh, I, fuck, I can't think of anything else. Oh, well, Solo. So Infinity War and Solo. So why would you drop a wrinkle in time when your two biggest releases this summer are going to be Infinity War and Star Wars? Because people are going to come see that in droves anyway. So you don't need to overtime. You don't advertise need, it. But well, it, let's call it advertising. From there we on. go. You don't need to over advertise it. So, yeah, so instead they'll do Wrinkle in Time. They're not going to do that. And uh, I can tell you... Live-action Aladdin. There we go. There, I can tell you exactly what, what trailers are going to drop on 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 uh, Super Bowl Sunday. All right, the great uh, Kaz... Uh, what do they call them? <sighs> They're going to drop the Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer on, on that day because it just came out. I think it would be Black Panther. It's not going to be Black Panther. Black Panther comes out when? Two Dude. weeks? They're, look, yeah, exactly. They're so wanna, they don't need to. They, they have three trailers. Motherfucker out. They have three trailers for that fucking movie. Get your ass to theaters, even if you're white. They come see. You don't see black my, motherfucking panther. You don't get it. 
they're not going to drop a Black Panther fucking trailer right right Get a week before. Get your white ass off of these couches and go see Black motherfucking Panther. Stop stop acting like a dumb wigger. They're not going to do that. It's pronounced wigger. And on top of that, that would be fucking a waste of time because they already have the hype rolling for that. You heard me say it. I said it. That's it. They're not. They're not. It's not going to be Wrinkle in Time, and it's not going to be Black Panther. What other movies do they have coming out? Uh, I don't know when the live action Aladdin is going to come out, but I think they finished filming it. Um, it'll probably look. They'll do the safe thing, which is the safe thing is going to be the two the two big ones. It'll be Infinity War and Solo. No, one of those is not going to show up. They're going to pop Ant Man because they just released that. And how many people knew about? It? I didn't even I didn't think it was real until until somebody said, "Oh, hey, by the way, it's a real thing." All right. Well, I, I stand by what I said. Nope. Nope. I said no to yours. Excuse <laughs> you. Are you even allowed to type in Super Bowl, or is that fucking against the rules too? Or do they sue you? I don't know. We own the word Super Bowl. Can't call it. We just, you just call it the big game. I miss the Budweiser frogs. Uh, Stella Artois. David Artis. Groupon. Doritos. David Artis. Budweiser. <laughs> Anheuser Water. Michelob Ultra with Chris Pratt. James Cromwell stars in PETA's Super Bowl ad. So they'll allow a PETA ad, but they won't allow the, uh, you know, stop taking a knee ad. Super Bowls with Danny DeVito, Eminem's commercial, Jack in the Box, the 2018 Winter Olympics. I don't want to know about the commercials before the Super Bowl. Like, I'm saying, why would they fucking, you know, I know why they do it. It's another rhetorical question, but it's just, motherfucker, show me that when watching it. Because not everybody's going to watch the Super Bowl. Everybody watches the Super Bowl. Not everybody watches the Super Bowl, especially if you're working that day. Fucking Buddhists watch the Super Bowl. So Harry fucking Krishnas right. watch the Super Bowl. Yes, because you're so knowledgeable about what the world watches. The Amish watch the Super Bowl. No. They use sundials and shit. No. Yes. Yes. Do you know how many Indians are in the world that have never watched the Super Bowl? Do you know how many fucking Amish people do watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, most of the 17-year-olds because they're out on their little Amish jaunt. Say it. I don't know what the fuck it says. Rumspringer! Yeah, Rumspringer. But that's not the point. Do you know how many fucking Indians there are in the world? Come on, Hezekiah. Are you just continuing on with your bullshit? Instead of having a real conversation. Or, well, you no, know, usually they end up being one-sided. So I'd be funny. What if Disney is going to do the Jack-Jack movie instead? Um, we didn't even think about Incredibles. Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and Skyscraper? Oh, is that... Jesus Christ. The Rock has two movies coming out. One of them's called Skyscraper, Mission Impossible, Fallout. Did you see the footage of uh, Tom Cruise breaking his ankle? Nope. Fucking great, dude. He's on the uh, the Graham, the Norton Graham show. Graham Norton. Graham Norton. It was one way or another, man, but still tastes the same going down. Uh, he's on there with the with the cast of the film, and they show it, and it's fucking brutal how he breaks his ankle. But he, Tom Cruise is through it, man. I'm not fucking kidding. It's worth a wa- it's worth a watch. So look up Norton Graham. Is it Norton Graham or Graham Norton? It's Graham Norton. Yeah, that's what I said. Second time. It's Graham. <laughs> look up Graham Norton. Tom Cruise ankle break. No. Is that fucking Matthew Perry? No. The real life tragic story of Matthew Perry. His show just got canceled. It was on for three fucking years. I think Matthew Perry's still doing okay. Yeah, I'm not really worried about it. I don't care. 
Why don't you care about Matthew Perry, Mike? I don't care about any of this shit. It's fucking useless. These fucking cool posts from around the web is garbage. Look at Jackie Chan and Schwarzenegger. <laughs> they were in a movie together. Uh-huh. What movie were they in? I don't care. Are you fucking kidding me? You don't nope. know. I don't care. It was actually it released while Schwarzenegger was governor of California. It, Why don't you just say what the movie around is? Around the World in 80 Days. All right. He does a cameo in it. Schwarzenegger does. Okay. Jackie Chan's in the whole thing. <laughs> All right. So quit scrolling. I'm going to fuck the Super Bowl stuff. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, oh, holy shit. Did you like The Passion? Mel Gibson's The Passion. Which I never saw it. Jim Caviezel is Jesus. Jesus Caviezel. Okay. Hold your fucking horses. Family Guy predicted it, dude. The Resurrection is coming. They're fucking writing it right now. I shit you not. I think it's going to be called The Resurrection Passion 2. Okay. Mel Gibson's going to direct it. Jim Caviezel's going to be fucking Jesus as the returned. Okay. Sleeker and better than ever. Right. And then it's going to be written again by Randall Wallace, who also wrote The Passion, who also wrote Braveheart. And I think he might have also written uh, uh, The Patriot. Okay. So get ready for more suffering. <coughs> get ready for more bloody torture. Okay. The Passion too. Jesus loves you. How can 97% of the people on Google like Bad Boys 3 when it's not even out? Because <laughs> they hit thumbs up. So Bad Boys 3 is back in the news. Yeah. Um, Joe Carnahan exited... <coughs> Bad Boys 3, let's see, uh, due to scheduling conflicts, but other sources say it was the dreaded creative differences. Um, he was posting uh, concept art on his Facebook page uh, like a couple years ago, you know, like he was going to do it, and then all of a sudden just nothing, no more talk about it at all. Yeah, he wrote most of the draft of the script. Sources say a director search is already in the way, and a new writer may be hired as well. Um, they're eyeing a release date of 2018, November of 2018. <coughs> Bad Boys for Life. Um, the director, whose recent work on TV shows such as The Blacklist and State of Affairs, is developing an English-language remake of an Indonesian movie called The Raid. Didn't we already get a raid? Yeah, it was The Raid and The Raid Redemption. Those were both overseas. And wrote the script for the recently wrapped remake of Death Wish, which was directed by Eli Roth. <laughs> I didn't realize that he wrote that. Garnahan does a lot of writing, too. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. He wrote Death Wish 3, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Hometown boy makes good. He's uh, also very active on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <there's, laughs> He's fucking awesome on Twitter. Yeah, there was this uh, military uh, guy that he got into a fucking talk about. It got pretty fucking brutal. There was like a lot of people that were pissed off at, at some of the things that came out of Carnahan's mouth. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a big fan of James Gunn, too, and that's awesome. Like James Gunn just tweeted, uh, President Trump is a traitor. It's time for people to quit buying this no collusion bullshit. <coughs> Just because he said it 10,000 times doesn't make it any more true than I am not a crook or I did not have sexual relations with that woman. I like that. Sections. I like that. He, he called out two presidents from both sides of the parties. That, yeah. It's fucking very good. Yeah. And Congress voted 517 to 5 to impose these sanctions, a law Trump decided to ignore. Uh, for him, it's Russia over the USA always, every time. He's never said a negative word about them or held them accountable for in interfering in the election in any way. And by not imposing sanctions, Trump is allowing Russia to continue to interfere in the elections on his behalf, which means we are no longer a free country. Well, James, I didn't forget. I forgot to tell you that <laughs> we, people from China have actually come to this country and said that they have more freedom in China than we do here, which is crazy. 
um, we as Americans cannot stand by and watch what our forebears built being torn down little by little without a fight. And I agree with that. But by him saying that, you know, we're a free country, well, our freedoms have been taken away from us slowly and nobody's stopped. Nobody's, nobody's put up a fight. Hey, I call it bullshit, man. And, big, um, big tub of bullshit. People that don't. Here we go. Uh, my statement on DOJ's agreement to comply with Intel Committee's request for documents and witnesses. And then that was from Devin Nunes. And Joe Carnahan wrote, I hope you get loved up at uh, Avenal uh, State Prison like you deserve to be loved up, little man. Uh, I don't know what that means, but people not involved with FBI, Department of Justice, ought to be examining the memo text. As high-level FBI and DOJ are compromised, USA and POTUS need unredacted material. As organized crime, corrupt activity is a fact. And you have no basis to say the FBI and DOJ are compromised except for the brainwashing done by some of the GOP. I saw blah, blah, blah. the most recent episode of The X-Files, uh, Season 11, and fucking brilliant episode that... It talks about our state of inf- misinformation nowadays, and it does a uh, it does a humorous uh, you know commentary on it, and you know it's pretty much it doesn't matter. He goes, all the truth's already out there. It, it the problem is is that no one knows if whether it's a lie or not because everything's always being told that you're hearing it out of context or you know it's misinformation to make you look in a different direction. So all the truths are already out there. You know, it's not like a long time ago where it was, you know, all this secretive fucking, you know, you'll disappear shit. Instead, it's already there. You you, you just, no one believes you anymore because it, it's it's funny. It's just, it, it you got to see the episode. It's called, uh, it's like Sweat on the Forehead or something, Forehead Sweat or something. It, really good episode. It's fucking hilarious. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, it's one of those episodes that are so good that makes you like, oh, man, I really want to go back and watch all the X-Files again. That's how good it is. So, um all right. Well, uh, lastly, uh, what do we got? The last thing I wanted to talk about was I forgot last week to mention that Spielberg, his next two projects are going to be a modernized West Side Story remake because he wants to do his first musical. They're doing casting for that right now. And after that, or one or one, either one's before the other. I'm not sure. But very soon, uh, he's going to start work on Indy 5, Indiana Jones Part 5. So... It's uh, let's see. It's it's scheduled to come out in 2020. Uh, scripts being written by David Kep, and uh, they want to get Chris Pratt in there to be a tag teammate. Which look, I look, Chris Pratt is really awesome, but they're milking him. You know what I mean? They're fucking milking him for all they can. Okay. Good for Chris. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely good for him. I'm just saying that you know you don't want them to fucking Seth Rogen his ass, and then he has to end up disappearing for fucking six years. And doing indie shit because everyone's tired of fucking seeing his face. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, um, but anyway, I, I just I, I hope that uh, Chris Pratt's character, if he does become, if Chris Pratt does sign off for Indy Five, that he'll be better than Mr. Mutt LaBeouf. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And I don't care what anyone says. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is not the worst Indiana Jones film. No. There are. I mean, there are no bad Indiana Jones films. No. Yeah. Just, yeah. just levels of meh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's one, three, two, four. Yeah, me's one, three, four, two. I don't like Temple of Doom, dude. I, Temple of Doom has look. Don't get me wrong; it has classic moments in it that are really, really fucking awesome. But overall, that movie bores me. It bores the fuck out of me. You know, I'm not talking about like the, the beginning where it's all it's poison, Doctor Jones. <laughs> right. You know that? That's awesome. That's really well done. But 
um, just a lot of the stuff that happens when they're when they're there, you know, it, it, when they're in India, it just doesn't work for me at all. And Kate Capshaw, sorry, sorry, Steve, but she's just not a fucking leading lady for me. I don't care for her at all. Maybe in something else, but not in this movie. Not not in Temple of Doom. Did not work for me at all. Did not want her character at all. Just please bring back Joan Allen. It, it's a prequel. I, I you don't even need to say why. I, I know why. This is a, it's a prequel to Raiders Lost Ark. That's why Joan Allen was or Joan not Joan Allen. Oh my god. I'm brain farting on her fucking name. Karen. Karen Allen, thank you. I know that like Marion, you know, Karen Allen's Marion was, you know, she hadn't hooked back up with Indy because Temple of Doom's a prequel. So all right. That's fine. But you know what I'm saying. This <coughs> So Chilled monkey brains. <laughs> it's a delicacy. All right. Um Yeah, there's there's moments in that movie that I mean I like that movie overall. Yeah. Uh better than um than the Crystal Skull, yeah. Than Crystal Skull. Yeah. See Crystal Skull for me has a, a, a more than a few moments that, that harken back to one and three. Especially one and the way it feels. It it it, it, it I mean Spielberg did it, so I mean he knew how to capture some of that shit. Just that, you know, didn't do everything right. Anyway, um all right, so yeah, I already we already said what it's going to be, but yeah, um, I Tanya is going to be the movie that we'll be talking next on uh, next time on yep on the show. So I predicted that of course this movie's not going to be a piece of shit because the trailer, the fuck, the dude, the the Green Band and the Red Band trailer are both fucking hilarious. So uh, Allison Janney looks awesome. Welcome to our piece of shit, <laughs> or not? Is it? I don't know. Or isn't it? Let's make a prediction. You know what? No. I have I there's something about there's one problem I have with us doing the the piece of shit. I'm not I'm not trying to dissuade us from doing it. I'm not. I, my problem is this. Most of the movies that we go see are movies that we want to see. So most of the time we don't think any of these movies are going to be pieces of shit. So most of the, uh, like that's why we have to think outside the box on these. I know that's that's the difficult part cuz like 95% of my piece of shit articles that I write are always the movie's not going to be a piece of shit. That's always what it ends up being. You know, only if we're going to go see like an obvious piece of shit like Geostorm or or Three Men had a but we also pick our movies. Yeah, but we we pick our movies way ahead of time anyways. So we know what we're going to be seeing when it comes up. Yeah, we generally stay away from the ones that are limited release because they're not going to be around us anyways. Yeah, or the ones that we've never seen a trailer for or never even heard of. Yes, so and which is. I mean, it, I don't want to because some of those movies are actually really good. Uh-huh. But the problem is, is that they're never playing around here anyways. So yeah, and you know, it's like I don't want to give. Well, how much is it? Almost thirteen dollars now to see a freaking movie that isn't you know in a good theater or or three D or whatever. Right. But it's like I don't want to purposely give thirteen dollars to a, sh- a movie I know is going to suck. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to support an out, a bad made movie. Because there's look, there's there's shitty movies that are still fun to watch, all right. And I, I don't have a huge problem, you know, supporting that. I just have a problem supporting a bad movie that's just bad all around. Justice League. <laughs> God, man, I. Ugh. God, that's a. Man. Anyways, yeah, I'm already I'm already bummed, but you even brought that that fucking movie up. All right, so anyway, let's get into my my uh, my pos. All right, your ramble. Yes. Since a young age, Tanya Harding has been pushed to succeed in the skating ring by her ferociously cold mother. She tries to make Mama proud, but in the process, she becomes her own form of icy cold vengeance to the world, and especially those in her way. At a weak suck boyfriend, a more popular figular, figure skater, figular, and an inept bodyguard to the mix, and you have the makings of some Jerry Springer-type tabloid controversy. 
All seems well, though, because Tanya breaks that annoying little fourth wall to assure us that she still has value to this world. How will this all end? I hope that Weird Al Yankovic does, this, the, does the theme music. Caffeine. Can't talk. All right, my prediction. I grew up during the whole scandal in the 90s and was a witness to all of the news reports and made-for-television movies that wanted to exploit this thing into the ground. Well, they did, however. Enough time has gone by, and... T- Oh my God, how did I... I didn't read that fucking right at to all. To reignite my interest in the whole skated affair. Well, they did. However, enough time has gone by to reignite my interest in the whole skated affair. The dark humor, unfiltered performance of Alice and Janney, those thriving Kaiser Permanente radio ads, and Margot Robbie's magnetic lead as America's most hated figure skater of all time, make me... Makes me? No, no, make, because it's plural. So make me want to see this film ASAP. Everybody in this film is a big, disgusting turd of a human being, but I, Tanya, will not be a piece of shit. <sighs> I should read that movie trailer guy voice. I want to add something to the end of this. Okay. This is a movie about a train wreck of a person. Tanya Harding. I'm sorry. Let's start that over. <laughs> this is a movie about a train wreck of a person, Tanya Harding. Her train wreck of an ex-husband, his train wreck of a life, and Tanya's asshole mother. <laughs> When I first saw the trailer, I knew I had to see this movie, even though it's quote-unquote based on a true story. We all know that it's loosely based on the real events of what happened between Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. K-E-R-R-I-G-A-N spells Kerrigan. <laughs> I'm glad you fucking read that, because otherwise I'm like, what the hell am I this reading? This whole movie is just a nightmare wrapped in fake glory to make Tanya Harding look kind of like a good guy. The movie isn't based on any type of reality other than what happened in the producer's script. I'm sure that there were some things that happened, like Galuli's friends that became her bodyguards. You know that you know that in the script room, everyone that was at that meeting said, there's a story here, but we need to make it interesting. And that's what we have here, an interesting take on the whole escapade. What does it mean? Escapade. Yeah. If you watch the trailer, then you know that Allison Janney and Margot Robbie's performances look fantastic, and that, and that was Sebastian Stan, the dude from Captain America? Holy shit. And no, we still don't know no Tony Harding. <laughs> I also think that Amy Adams should have played Tanya Harding. I could see that. I could see it now. Bam. That's fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah, you could have done that. Amy Adams should have played Tanya Harding. That's okay. Margot Robbie did an awesome job. I know it will. I mean, I think Margot. <laughs> wink, wink. I think Margot Robbie did not. Is going to do an awesome job. <laughs> well, in the trailers, it shows that she did an awesome job. So, yeah. But. I think that, I mean, if you look at Amy Adams, she looks more like Tanya Harding than Margot Robbie did. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The The way that the trailers um, show Margot yeah. is pretty impressive. Anyways, yeah. I don't think this movie is going to be a piece of shit. Spoiler alert, we've already seen it. Yeah, we did. But we wrote these. We did write our predictions before we saw the movie. Yes, and we keep forgetting to do this before the <laughs> TV. Yeah. Anyways, uh, and that's all we got. All right, so, yeah. All right, so. Okay. Thanks, you pieces of shit. All right. There we go. All right, that was like a you know, little subtle plug. Mm-hmm. All right, subtle plug. Bye. Vamping for time. I'm out. Vamping for time. Vamping for time. Vamping. Montage of <laughs>